Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and what's next. It's a show that asks questions and peels back the layers of our average everyday experience and goes beyond scratching the surface. We interview people doing incredible things who are making a difference around the globe. Join me as we listen in and get one step closer to understanding that big ideas shared create collaboration. Collaboration can inspire community, and communities create social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. Actually, March 28th runs through April the 8th. Uh, keep your eye out for it. Now Magazine has called it a powerful and important solo play. And Gozi and I talk about a whole lot of things. It's a, it's a short interview, but we, we get into quite a bit. We talk about why the play is, is so funny, hilarious, in fact, and yet still so meaningful and, and, and thoughtful. We talk about... Uh, the, the, the colonialist gaze. We talk about othering and, and Western contexts and objectification of women. And Sarah Bartman, who who I knew virtually nothing about until a few days ago when I started doing some research about her. So you're going to want to you're going you're going to want to dig a little bit deeper. We talk about standards of beauty and 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 climates of change and why why according to Desmond Tutu we no longer have any excuses. So uh, stay tuned. Uh, coming right up. And don't forget DavidPeckLive.com. Uh, for more information about my podcasting and public speaking. And you can support us through uh, patreon.com if you so desire to keep us up and running here at Face to Face. Don't forget rabble.ca for more uh, interviews there and other podcasts as well. And right now, coming your way uh, here and in person, Ngozi Paul uh, talking about a whole lot of things and her new play, The Emancipation of Ms. Lovely. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very special guest today who apparently, I think, is on the road, actually. Uh, Ngozi Paul is here with us today to talk about uh, her new uh, production um, uh, that she's working uh, on. And it starts tonight, I believe, at the Crows Theatre here in Toronto. Um, And uh, Ngozi, thank you for your time today. Thank you. Tonight is our first preview. That's 
that's what I thought. And you're playing through it's the the emancipation of Ms. Lovely. So I'm I'm, I'm really yeah. looking forward to talking not only about about the production. I'm I'm, I'm really interested to hear a little bit more uh, from you about you know why you're involved and, and and why it's important and so on. But but let's right out of the gate, March 28th to April the 8th. Uh, it's playing at the Crows Theatre uh, in Toronto. That's crowstheatre.com. So so this is a play that, that you won a Spotlight Award for in 2015 at Summerworks. This is a play that's been pretty well received critically from what I found online. Tell, yeah. tell, tell us a little bit more about, you know, the story and your involvement. So um, The Emancipation of Miss Lovely is a play that I wrote, and I've been working on the play itself for actually a few years now. Um, we did it a couple of years ago at the Summerworks Festival, uh, and uh, Debbie Young um, was my director, and uh, Debbie Young um, founded a theater called Watches Theater, where she works with artists and, and to create, um, She what she does is... Uh, she helps people create new pieces of, of, of work, and uh, I went through the program. I went through the program with her, and um, and uh, she directed it when we did it at Summerworks. Um, it's based on a woman's self-discovery of her own sexuality and her own sexual agency, and um, and uh, and it is intertwined with the story of Sarah Bartman. So so it's. <laughs> It sounds pretty, pretty interesting, pretty, pretty complex, actually. Um, tell, who, who's Ms. Lovely? It is. I always discover that I always discover in doing it that it is like that it is indeed a complex um, piece. So Lovely um, is uh, we meet Lovely at different stages in her life when she's uh, a little girl. We meet her when she is a, uh, a teenager and a young adult and, and, and into adulthood. She is a, 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 a Caribbean, first-generation Canadian from Caribbean parents, and uh, she's trying to make sense of the way that she is seen in the world as, as a young black woman. So, so I'm going to just read a quick quote here. Quote, in this hilarious and evocative tale, we meet Lovely at different stages in her life as she struggles with her understanding of herself as a black woman and awakens to her sexual identity as mirrored through popular culture, close quote. That's right off the Crows Theatre site about about the play. It doesn't really sound all that hilarious to me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell me more. Like, it sounds laugh like... Laugh or cry. Laugh or cry. Well, that's, laugh or cry. <laughs> well, and, 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 and isn't that the beauty of theatre, too, to some degree, right? I mean, isn't that how you sort of, you, you draw people in and then and then you sort of do a 180-degree a, a turn on them and, and, and it's a real, it's yeah. A, yeah, yeah, so... So more... We, we um, it is, no, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's funny because I mean it's 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 written with a tremendous amount of levity and right. and and right. irony. I mean if you you know you know growing up today and you know growing up in the eighties, you like popular culture and the images that are out there. Um, when you shine a specific kind of um, I feel like critical light or a satirical light on them, it's pretty funny stuff. Right. Um, the way that we're seen, you know, the way that we interact with each other. Um, you know, if, if you ask uh, a lot of women in, in Toronto um, what dating is like, I mean, yeah, there's, there's a lot of funny, there's a lot of funny stories in there. Oh, I bet um, there is. So, so, so it's, 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 it's funny that I, I always say 
hilarious, you know, <laughs> um, first, it's one of the first things that we say because because the subject matter is so serious. Right. You, well, exactly. You, you get the impression that you'll get the impression that oh gosh, it's going to be it's going to be uh, going to be pretty heavy. And there certainly are um, moments of of you know depth and and uh, introspection and but but uh, we sort of serve up we serve up. You know what do they say? That a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Right, right. Yeah. So the idea is to try and serve it up in a way that uh, that is really relatable, um, and and uh, and super accessible. Well, and you want and don't yeah. you? You know, no matter how serious this is, no matter how deep it goes, and clearly it does, you do want people to also enjoy themselves. I mean, this is this. Oh yeah. By the sounds of it, you're you're here to you're an entertainer. You're an entertainer. You're an artist. Yeah. You you want to yeah. you want yeah. people to applaud and to stand and to laugh and to cry. But they, you you're hoping that mm-hmm. they're going to be talking about this as well for the next couple of days or, yeah. or we, yeah, you know plant plant some seeds, no doubt. Absolutely, that's exactly right. So so would you say this is um, <laughs> Ngozi? Is this is this more historical or is it more autobiographical? What what, what would you say to that? Well, it it isn't it isn't actually autobiographical. It it, it is the culmination of of uh, you know stories and experiences and observations. Mm. Um, there are certainly autobiographical elements in it. Yep. Um, because I'm I'm a first generation Canadian and I was raised in a West Indian household and um in a in a religious West Indian household, um, just like lovely. Uh, but but it's it's pieced together. The stories and the coming of age stories are pieced together from stories that I've heard, some that I've, I've experienced, um, um, some that I've observed, and that that has sort of shaped Lovely's narrative. And then for Sarah Bartman, um, who that and she is a historical figure mm-hmm. um, who was not the only, but you know, one of um, several women from Africa who were who were um, inhuman zoos uh, in the early 19th century um, because of the shape of their body. Um, there, it, with, with Sarah's story, it is, it is historical. And, and uh, you know, I did a lot of research on Sarah. I traveled to South Africa several times and, and even, went to, even went to her final resting place mm-hmm. uh, on the eastern Cape of South Africa and studied with uh, elders, in South Africa as well, in terms of um, in terms of some of the music and sound and uh, the detail in relation in relationship to her story. So when um, you when Ngozi, when you do a quick when you do a very quick read of who Sarah Bartman was, fascinating uh, a woman, uh, fascinating story, tragic tragic story as well. Um, can you can you can you kind of provide a little bit of context about about her and 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 how it kind of connects more directly to Lovely and and your story? Yeah. So uh, Sarah Bartman um, was a Khoisan woman uh, who was, and the the debate still exists as to whether she was invited, um, if she knew what she was invited to do, um, but she was certainly one of the more popular women uh, of that time who was put in human zoos and, and it was when they, what they would call um, you know like what they would call people like freaks of nature right. 
you right. know, um, maybe, you know, uh, a woman with a beard. Right. Um, uh, like certain, like almost like, 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 like sideshows, circus sideshows. Yes. Right. Circus, cir- absolutely circus sideshows. And, uh, and she was, she was there because of the shape of her bottom as well as the shape of her vulva. And, and, uh, cause she had a big bump. And, and, and upon her death, she only lived for five years in, in, in Europe. Wow. Uh, that's both in, in London and France. Uh, upon her death, uh, she was actually dissected by a doctor um, uh, named Cuvier, who, who, you know, called himself a naturalist, scientist, um, and put on, the, on display her, her, her skeleton and, uh, and uh, her organs were actually put on display in the Museum of Natural History wow. uh, in France. Um, and, and, her, and her bones and stayed there for nearly 200 years uh, until, uh, the, until um, the end of apartheid. And uh, um, Nelson Mandela requested that she was uh, returned back home. And actually, when she first requested, the French government refused. Wow, because this was uh, some um, yeah. sort of part of their history or something. I guess I, I, part of their history, and then I always like to say, well, because I feel like if they, if they said yes to that, then it would be real open a can of worms. Right. Because when you go to the Louvre, right, and you go, of course, then there, there are, there are lots of quote unquote artifacts that just were things that got lifted, sure, from sure. all across the continent and all across the world, and. When people start asking for their things back, I guess you can't just start giving them back because then we got dominoes and that's right. some yeah. real yeah. real necessity to look at uh, to look at the way. Um, well, and it's almost it, it it would almost be too maybe in a way kind of admitting to um, I don't know sexism, racism, uh, uh, objectification of, of women. Uh, I mean, right? It just sort of opens up the door to some pretty serious ethical concerns. Right, right, um, but but uh, they they eventually did have her her body returned, and she and she is buried um, in her in the place of her uh, birth in um, the Eastern Cape. So, for you, does her life then is is her life a metaphor for sort of everything that was wrong during that time, from a from a social and an economic and a and, a, and even maybe a scientific perspective? Is that is that kind of what you're uh, uh, why, why you're drawing from her life and from her story? Well, for, well, for two reasons. One, I had only very vaguely heard of her story. Right, right. And when I started, and then I started working on this, this play when I was in South Africa, and I was quite horrified I, I when bet. I started to research her story. Um, but also, you know, we're born into this world, we're born into a Western context as a, as a, as a black woman, um, we we see ourselves through a certain lens. We you know there's there has there's a, a lot of othering right off the bat. Mm. You know like where's I always you know um, I remember I had a, a friend of mine where there was like two magazines there's a, a a Vogue magazine and an Essence magazine right and and I was like what's this the Vogue it's a magazine what's this the Essence it's a black magazine. Why is it a black magazine? Mm. And Vogue is just a magazine. And that's the way, that's a lens through which we see the world. Sure, 
Yep. And it, it, you know, so so so. Um, so the so so for you so health. so for you the mere division itself is problematic. Uh, you know, some some oh, yeah. yeah, some people would say, "Oh wow, we've got a, a magazine for black women. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that marvelous? This is about equality." Mm-hmm. But you're actually saying, "Hang on, let's take a step back and go. Why do we have the division in the first place?" Well, yeah, and I and and also, how does that division work? Right, where okay. this where this one thing is the standard, right, and this other thing is other, right, right. You know, even. Even, even, you know, like, you know, the world is is, uh, is pretty bananas these days. Even if we look at, um, even if we look at, you know, obviously what's happening in the United States, um, popular culture, um, this is the standard of beauty. It is this, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes, this particular type of body, this particular type of body shape. We're still born into that. You know, I used to, if things are changing, I used to always make the analogy with the color nude. Right. That's in your crayon. And it's pink. That's nude skin tone. Right. Um, or nude pantyhose. Right, right. So, so it's just, it's just, it's, um, she, she, and Sarah and her story for me is a great example of, of, uh, the personification of, of the colonialist gaze mm. and and colonialist separation, and and then and then and how and how these things continue to perpetuate themselves even in the modern day. So so Ngozi, would you say there's um would you say there's kind of a female gaze, there's a male gaze, but there's also kind of a higher level, uh, what do you, whatever you want to call it, overarching colonialist gaze as well, Western colonialist gaze. Um, I I think so, and I think that. I myself am so immersed in it that you're we're born into it. I, yeah, I, yeah. I some of the things I even think about is the fact that I speak English. Obviously, I come from African descent. My my parents also speak English, um, which is the language of the colonialists and the people who were actually are who were actually um, involved in slave trade. And actually taking over the land in Africa, so, so um, I mean, and this is how we live. Here we are in sure, 2017, sure. but but I think it's worth considering or just remembering. Of just remembering, yeah. Just I think I think you're right about that. I mean, so what you want me to do as as a viewer or as a you know reflecting on the your work is to say. Um, how, how did we wind up here? Um, what yeah. le- what lenses am I wearing, and and how are mm-hmm. they impacting the way I see you, the way I see others, the way you know, the way I see the world? Yes, yes, and 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 by asking those questions, the hope is to to feel a sense of emancipation, freedom, mm. or just um, a sh- a shift. Right. In awareness that that there are that there is a myriad of other different options and different ways in which to see, and you can go back and forth, but just the awareness, like to you know, to just turn turn the gaze around um, a little bit, and and um, you know, in terms of the sex, you know, sexuality, and and these are also universal themes as well. Sure, of course, is, is to rem- is to remove some of the shame that we are in- we inherently live with. Um, just because of a, maybe a lack of knowledge, um, a lack of discussion, 
you know, so we internalize these things, um, and by maybe flipping the gaze, we can release ourselves from some of these, um, I guess, uh, limitations, I feel, um, nice. that, that, uh, that, um, that this particular very narrow way of seeing things and dividing people um, has, has caused us. So we've got to wrap up here in a couple of minutes. You know, okay. I, I, I love, I, I, I'm loving chatting with you. You sound so positive. You sound so hopeful. You sound like that, that we are turning corners. You know, you referred to this, you know, I don't think it was a crazy world, but something like that uh, a, f- a few minutes ago. <laughs> you, uh, is, is that a fair assessment of you? You, you, you? you do believe things are getting better? We are on, on, on our way forward or, or, or maybe not? Uh, I, 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 I do believe that things are getting better because I think that they have to. Right. Um, nice. It's like, <laughs> otherwise, what's the point? Yeah. Otherwise, we're otherwise, in deep what's trouble. The point? It, yeah. And, 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 uh, you know, politically, um, socially, the situation that we see ourselves in right now, like I, I, this whole, you know, he who shall not be named, <laughs> Uh, Donald Trump, <laughs> the president of the United States of America, it's uh, really um, terrifying stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, and and I feel more than ever now, maybe because it's been unearthed or 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 the veil has been lifted to a certain extent. But but um, I read a quote the other day that uh, you know where Desmond Tutu was talking about climate change, and he said, you know, 25 years ago we had an excuse. Mm. Um, but now it's to say that I didn't know. Right. <laughs> but now there are no excuses, and I think I I think that's how I feel for myself is that, you know, we're we're out of time, we're out of excuses. Um, we in terms of evolving, so that so that we can continue to be in better places. It's really really up to us to to uh, to challenge and to evolve the way that we see things and what our values are. Like, I think we've come, I think we're coming to the end of a, of a specific type of cycle. And in order to, to make a new cycle, um, uh, we have to challenge the way that we see all of this. That's it's, it's, it's great. Why don't, why don't we just spend the last minute or so talking about the, the production itself. So Crow Crow's theater in Toronto starts tonight. You must be pretty pumped, pretty excited. Um, it runs through. Super April, excited. Yeah, I bet you are. It runs through April the 8th. Yes, yeah, we're at Crow's Theater, which is at um, uh, 345 Carla Avenue, right at Young and Denda from the East End. It's a really beautiful new theater. Um, we start our previews today, March 28th. We open on March 30th, and we run till April 8th. Um, it's a little intimate. We have a few shows that are sold out already, but um, nice. I'm really excited to share to share this with the community and um, and for us to come together and have fun. And, and because the times are so tumultuous, people are kind of like, what's going on? What can I do? I'm like, come see this play. <laughs> <laughs> come see this play and let's share. And we have talkbacks after all of the shows. Oh, wow. Um, That's cool. Yeah. And yeah, so the talkback is actually a part of the, part of the offering is, is, is we sit down and we, we have a conversation. So I am... Um, yeah, I'm, I'd like to invite everybody to see the emancipation. It's lovely, and uh, yeah, I know we did talk about some heavy stuff, but I promise you, make lots, we make lots of jokes. <laughs> 
you, you can't go wrong with, with, with hilarious. That's for sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I hope we're going to get to do a part two. I, I, I really feel like we barely scratched the surface here. I, and I wish you so well. Con- congratulations on the play. Now magazine has called this a powerful and important solo play. And I think they are probably right. And I haven't even seen it yet. So there you go. Um, uh, well, it goes right yeah, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, Ngozi Paul is with us here talking today about the emancipation of Miss Lovely, Ms. Lovely, uh, playing at Crow's Theatre. Opens tonight right through April the 8th. You can also find out more about her at NgoziPaul.com. Thanks so much for your time today. Uh, hey, listen, are you going anywhere um, else after Crow's Theatre? Have you got, got what, what, what's next? Oh, what's next for us? Uh, well, what's next for me is I somewhere where the water is blue. Okay. <laughs> um, and I can and I can and I can get in there. But with for emancipation, yeah. uh, we plan on taking it to the we plan on taking it to the United States and nice. South Africa. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, congratulations and thanks thanks again for your time today, Androsi. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.